Man, you fans are looking at all backwards. Utah beat ASU 21-3 with four turnovers. Turnovers can be fixed. That's a good sign. That means we're good if we can win with four turnovers. That means if we get no turnovers, oh yeah. Join the big show Tuesday from 3 to 6 for the Utah Jazz Roundtable, broadcasting live from the lounge at Wise Guys at the Gateway Mall in downtown Salt Lake City. Jazz Roundtable season getting underway Wednesday night. All right, PK. The people are somewhat excited about what happened, but not fully embracing the joy of the sweep. Sweep! Everybody winning. Even the teams that won, not only won, they won big. They covered the Vegas point spreads that we were wondering why they were so large. And they won by more than that. But the glass is apparently slightly more than half empty this morning. I don't see it. I particularly don't see it for Utah. This is the best team you've ever had. And you're not coming this way again, and who knows when. You're coming this way now, and that's what matters the most. So soak it up. Yeah. You're not coming this way next year, that's for sure. I think you got a top 10 team. Got a shot to go to the Rose Bowl. I was thinking about this. I'd rather go to the Rose Bowl than the playoff. Unless you I was assured tra- I could win it all. You traditionalist. Yeah, because you'll remember the Rose Bowl, the playoff. You won't even remember what game it is. It's the playoff game. Where was it played? I'm not sure. But the Rose Bowl, I would rather, unless I won it all, obviously, then I would rather go to the playoff. But I'd rather go to the Rose Bowl because. By nature, you're not going to play as good a team, and you can go 13 and one and go crazy in the Rose Bowl. Something that you know, you're not going to be shooting for every season. But that's just me. We'll, we'll see if that happens in the next few weeks. But you know, I don't know the turnover. The turnovers can be fixed. Everything can be fixed. Uh, so they've got a great shot, man. They're rolling. Todd says. I need to see how Huntley feels before I celebrate too much. Without him, our offense struggled. Yeah, your backup quarterback situation is extremely weak. I don't know other, what other way to say it. Other teams, uh, BYU has better quarterbacks than you, top to bottom. Uh, SC clearly does. SC still doing this, and they played three quarterbacks yeah. this year. Uh, I guess technically now Utah's played three quarterbacks too since they played two different guys in the same game. But and neither of them looked like That's not really a good look. Right. Uh, they need to get better at that position. But they've always needed to get better at that position. They finally have a senior who's playing well. Good for him. But, yeah, if Huntley goes down for any extended period, you could be in trouble. But I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't think you need him to be Cal. Frank, Utes tried all night to give it away with four turnovers. Even Kyle thinks they're lucky to win that game. I don't think they were lucky at all. I think that was complete and total domination, man. <laughs> there was nothing about the defense that was lucky. They were so good, snap after snap after snap. Yeah, Devils starting two freshmen on the offensive line, a 17-year-old quarterback, and come on. Just just like Huntley wasn't prepared to compete against ASU two years ago when he was in his first year with four interceptions, it's the same thing. This was not luck. This was talent. This is what you've been building to. Once those guys, Fotu and Anai and Moss, decided to come back, you were the favorites. Revel in it. You won. I don't see you losing possible Seattle, but Seattle, Washington's not nearly as good as we thought. 
Daniel says Utah won easily as expected. Utah State won easily as expected. Weber State won convincingly. Okay, RSL surprised me, and BYU surprised everyone. BYU's playing like Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, they clearly are. I don't understand it. I can't put my finger on it. All I thought I know, it was what you said earlier. What? There was an air of desperation that didn't exist. That air of desperation, that level of effort, then they pull off the Toledo game or the South Florida game. Uh, or sure, both but then why not have it then? And then you had it against, uh, you know, second, third best team you played on your schedule, and you had it then. Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why it wasn't there. You should have had enough of a desperation just for the sake of the fact you only have 12 of them to be able to win those games. And then though Toledo and South Florida have been getting hammered left and right. They had bad weekends. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, it's something that I don't understand. And you've got to follow it up, but they've got to buy, so we'll worry about that next week. For right now, it's roll around like a pig in mud. You just beat Boise, and you hardly ever beat Boise. And you beat them when they were undefeated, no less. And you really, it's not a fluke. It's not a referee thing. It's nothing. You won the ball game. I mean, Kefensis, I was thinking about this. Kid's been around. He's decorated high school player. Hasn't come near near the hype. And yet they put him in. Okay, buddy. Get a make, yard. <laughs> make sure you don't fumble it. You don't bobble, bobble the snap. Make sure the cadence is right. No one's all sides. And so you're asking that. BYU's an underdog. Well, you look at a kid like Kefensis, he's an underdog. I mean, he's been discarded like five times. And he comes in and he gets that big play. I'm happy for that kid because that kid has stuck it out. He could have said, screw this. I and mean, this didn't turn out. And they build up these kids and we build them up in the high school level. I was talking with my wife about this. You know, we build up these kids left and right, particularly these quarterbacks. And they think they're all that. And their parents just revel in it. And they walk around when everyone's chest is puffed out. And they get to college level and they're nobody. And we've seen it. And then they have uh, issues afterward of making the adjustment because they're used to being stars and being treated special. And then you're just another guy who didn't make it. They're, they're, they're a dime a dozen for sure. And we see it all the time. I, I, I can go through a list. of It's an endless list of names. If I listed all the guys, I'd come up 25 short because I don't remember them anymore. And I like the fact that Kofensis has stuck it out, kept his mouth shut as far as we know, and and – Moved him around to like 42 different positions. I expect him to punt next week. I mean, it seems like he's played every position. So they put him in there, get me a yard in that scrum formation, and he gets it. That's great. And Kalani goes nuts. Who didn't feel good about that? To see Kalani go crazy on the sidelines, man. Absolutely. I feel great for the man. And and he made some changes to his defensive assignments and who's calling plays. And then A-Rod and Grime Dog making the calls. And they got this win. That's a great, great win. It shows the possibility. It shows why I believe in Kalani should be the coach. <laughs> we got we to gotta take about that. Ryan, I've been saying for a while that BYU should be in the Mountain West Conference. And last night, they knocked off the clear favorite to win that conference. But what do I know? They're too busy thinking about firing their coach, who they won't be able to replace. He actually got three thumbs up for that. Well, it's just that, you know, you look at that and it's clear these kids want to play for him. And I'm wondering, you know, normally, I was thinking about this too, normally you don't want a player to commit to a school because of a coach. Because there's no guarantee that guy's going to be there. Right. And so you want the kid to commit, hopefully in a dream world, because of academics and they have majors that they're strong in and you feel like you belong there and all that stuff. 
But, but realistically, it, back here in the real world. Yeah. And especially for BYU, because why would it come outside of the the gutty white kid who grew up dreaming of going to BYU? Why would anybody commit to BYU? Really? Let's break it down. Let's be honest about it. I mean, they're not in a conference. They're they're automatically going to a crap bowl. Now, 95 percent of the teams go to crap bowls. But But at least they have a dream. You can dream. Yeah. And somebody will get there. And Utah and. If Utah doesn't beat Oregon, the best they're going to do is the Alamo Bowl, which is a major come down. Let's call that like it is. The Holiday Bowl was a major come down, and they could easily end up in the Holiday Bowl. They could. Win. I don't think they would be Holiday Bowl. Would be my guess is they wouldn't want them two years in a row. Uh, if USC wins out, I think, think the Pac-12 will get two teams into the playoff or into the New Year's Six games then, and bump mm-hmm. them up to Alamo. Uh, possibly, Just thinking that a Pac-12 champ could end up in the Rose Bowl out of the playoff. Which it would. And the team that loses yeah. a Pac-12 title game, USC and Oregon have better I, brand I think names. I think if Oregon wins the rest of their games, they can get in the playoff. They'll need help. I don't think if B, if Utah wins the rest of their games, because their non-conference schedule was far too weak, they need to man up and play some teams in the non-conference, and they just don't. And at least a loss to Oregon or to Auburn is better than any of Utah's wins. But they could have a come down, and we'll worry about that in the coming weeks. Right now, strive to win the South and then win the conference and make, get yourself in the Rose Bowl. Take, if you're worried about a second-tier bowl, then win the ball games, and uh, then you then you could be on your way to the Rose Bowl and you got nothing to complain about. But BYU, why, why would guys commit to BYU? Well, it's got to be, in this case, the, the large degree has to be the relationships that, that these coaches establish, particularly Kalani. And, and I know you ask Kalani, you're a good Polynesian recruiter, he'll punch you in the face. He doesn't want to be known as a good Polynesian recruiter. He wants recruiter. to be known as a good recruiter. But the fact is, there's a connection there, and they have a bunch of folks of that persuasion, and that's great because if that's going to help you get players. So the relationships from the BYU perspective, I think, matter more. And that's a reason why you need to keep this guy See it through. Don't change it now. The possibilities are there for you to be competitive. And they got, they're playing a lot of kids, too. A change now, I think, unless they really, really bomb out, would be wrong to do. Let him, and if you want him back, tell him that he needs to, uh, to make some changes on the defensive staff. So be it. Uh, but I think relationships really matter. You'll see it with these kids. The way they came to his defense this past week. And it's not just words, because you had at the Monday press conference, you had Ayu uh, and El Bakri basically re- willing to challenge anybody physically <laughs> for those who say that Kalani should be canned. That's, that's the impression I got. I yeah, sat right yeah, there and yeah. Bracken El Bakri was right. fired up. And, you know, my wife taught that family. I know the family. That's the way they are. And. The great thing about it is they put it into practice on Saturday night. You got to do it again. They got to do it two more times. I'm assuming they win those other three games. They got to do it Utah State and San Diego State. Those are not givens by any stretch. They got to do it those times. But there's no reason why you can't. Well, I get them back to eight wins if they pull that off. Well, which would be a really good year. I agree. They wouldn't be there the way anyone would have predicted, but they'd be there nonetheless. I had them eight and four. That was my right. prediction for the season. Uh, so go out and do it. Is that, that's the capability. 
I think Bushman said, well, we play like, if we're on, we can play with anybody in the country. I think that may be an over-exaggeration, but you hear that a lot. That's a cliche. Uh, but they can play a lot better, and they did. That's the, that's the possibility is there when they can play that inspired. What the freak inspired these guys? Was it the, all the talk of Kalani? Is that was that it? And his job is possibly in danger. Was that what got these guys finally lit? The desperation of having blown two totally winnable games and given away fourth quarter leads. Yes, and good on them, man. That was an inspired effort. That was emotional on both sides of the ball. Things went wrong in that game. You know, they had a touchdown, then it was a hold, and then they got backed up, and they missed a field goal. So it wasn't a perfect stretch by any possibility. But they overcame. All the obstacles that were there, they found ways to overcome. They found a well, they they found a way to get that first down, and they got it. And and Finau running the ball, the guy was on fire, man. He was running like his life depended on it, like he was being chased with guys with bullets, whatever the reason was. He was great. He ran hard. That's what I want to see. I want to see it every freaking week. No excuses now, man. None going forward. I, I hold them to a higher standard today than I did Saturday afternoon. Now you've blown it. We've seen what you're capable of. I mean, we said that after uh, Tennessee and after USC. This was different, though. This seemed different. The inspired effort, the aggressiveness, the mentality. They made plays against SC. But right. I don't think they played with the emotion that they played and the fire and the passion right. that they played against Boise State To with. me, Tennessee seemed different. Because we thought going in, Tennessee wasn't a very good team. And it's been shown pretty much that they aren't that good. But we thought USC was pretty good, and USC does look pretty good. Not great, but they look pretty good. They're good. They're a good ball club. Exactly. So these have been two good wins at home. And maybe all the travel added up or something. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Toledo and South Florida have had too many problems. I don't understand how they lost those games and won this one. But nonetheless, they did. And they're three and four, and they still got a chance to hit most of their goals. And they got a bye week to get ready for Utah State. So you got two weeks to come up with whatever else. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Because it was, it was everything. It was, you know, part of it was like the, the, the mental side of it, where, you know, did, look at a ton of film. Does somebody over pursue? Do they sell out too much on fourth down? Can we hit them with something unexpected? And they did twice. And in Fina, that was a great touchdown run. That thing was well blocked, it opened up. And he went, yeah. and got, he went and got it. And then defensively, passion. defensively, maybe they were hanging on a little in the fourth quarter. I can't debate that. But, man, yeah, when Boise State be. got that first— Boise State's a quality football right. team. And when Boise State got that first touchdown early, there was no chance I thought they'd be sitting on 10 points going to the fourth quarter. And Fe- yet they were. Finau ran with a passion that I don't know that I've seen since Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, Curtis Brown, those guys that, particularly at home, run that aggressively and it just fires up the home crowd and you end up giving more, more than you thought you had. That's sweet. I want to see that. I want to see that in Logan. I want to see that every time you play. I mean, you're not going to have it every play, but I want to see it in every game. I saw stuff Saturday night that I haven't seen in a while. Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach, joins us next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
San Francisco 49ers remain undefeated, winning in Washington 9-0 on a waterlogged FedEx field. The Niners improved to 6-0. Tonight, the NFL's other unbeaten team is playing. The Patriots are facing the Jets. That game kicks off at 6-15 on ESPN. You'll listen to it on The Zone Sports Network. World Series starts tomorrow. Houston, big favorites over Washington. Astros, the biggest favorite, according to the oddsmakers, since the 2007 Fall Classic. Utah Jazz open the season up Wednesday night at home against Oklahoma City. Wednesday night, RSL will play Seattle in the MLS playoffs in Seattle. Top of the Wire, brought to you by Ken Garf, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. The savings are on at Ken Garf, West Valley Ram. Stop by the dealership during Ram Power Days and take advantage of special offers on select new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Ram. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Ever since I get hit by that stingray, I don't like water sports. <laughs> you got hit by a stingray? Yeah. You get hit by everything. Okay, I know. You, you got to tell why you got hit by the stingray. Yeah. Where did you get hit? Right on the hand. Right on yeah. the side of the hand, and it, it went in about an inch and a half. He almost got wow. crocodile huntered. Yeah. It, it was bad. I wanted to pet it. You wanted to pet it? You're kind of like Lenny from Mouse and Men, aren't you? No, like, no. <laughs> well, kind of with the sea creatures. Bit. The thing is, they're so fast. <laughs> they're unassuming. They look at you like... Like, hey, I'm here to pet. He blended in with the bottom two, and I think he thought, oh, that dude doesn't see me. And then when I touched him, he's like, he does see me. <laughs> and, then, and then he hit me. Retaliated. <laughs> Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the Jazz and the Kings on Saturday, October 26th, courtesy of your local Ford stores. Purchase a Ford fan zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming Jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, soda, and ice cream. Tickets start as low as $37 at utahjazz.com, courtesy of your local Ford stores. The opener is Wednesday, PK. So on Wednesday, you have a chance to win tickets to the second home game. That'll be the third game of the year. The Kings coming in on Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah. DJ and PK, it's time to talk Aggie football with Utah State football coach Gary Anderson. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Good. Now, I know you never play the perfect game. But did you have to work harder to find mistakes to talk to the guys about to clean up to keep them improving? Because on the service that looked that looked pretty good. Oh, yeah, there's always plenty to to clean up and uh, great teaching moments when you win and you can teach. Obviously, um, so we'll take advantage of those. But you know, I thought the the team played hard, and the th- one of the biggest things we need to realize now is that we need to have complete games. Um, and we need to have all three phases really contribute in a positive way. And that doesn't happen every snap, every moment, every drive. But, uh, you know, moving forward in the teams that we're playing, Air Force this week obviously is the task at hand. You know, all three phases need to continually work to improve and continually work to absorb their game plans and then be productive uh, consistently on Saturdays um, if we're going to continue, you know, winning football games. And so it was, it was good games, great to get the win. Um, you know, I thought we had some kids step up in all three phases and do some very positive things. But, uh, you know, lots to work on, like you mentioned. It's a great, great time to teach, as it always is, uh, after victories. What is your assessment of Gerald Bright's assessment that the offense didn't play well? 
The offense needs to play better. Um, if we're going to put ourselves in the position to, you know, do what we want to do again, like it sounds like a broken record here, but it's just in in those moments. You just just take our three conference games and we sit down, and at the end of the day, that's uh, our goal every day is to play well in conference games and compete for championships and play meaningful conference games in the in the month of November. I mean, that is our number one goal, um, and we need to when the game is tight in those scenarios, those situations, we need to play better on. Uh, Offense, and you know that doesn't mean our defense is lights out every single snap, but uh, there's plenty to improve on there. But you know, offensively, we expect to be a you know a machine that uh, you know puts up points, stays on the field. One of the biggest things that we have to improve on it's not overall points. It's not you know yes, there's a drop ball here that we can play better at this spot. We can protect better. We can throw it better. We can run the ball better. The bottom line is 15 or 17 drives in the last game were one minute were under two minutes. Um, that's not good. That's not helping your defense. That's not helping your football team win games. And that's something that we need to look at and we need to stay on the field uh, more and get the defense a chance to breathe, not play as many snaps. And I understand we're a pace offense, but a pace offense is a detriment to the team when you're out there for less than two minutes, 15 or 17 drives. That's not do- And that, to go back to the LSU game, it wasn't much different. So we have to improve in that area. It'll cost us and it'll cost us games. So part of the problem is you score too quick, too. I mean, Gerald's not going to take uh, a if, knee. If after. that was the problem, when the, yeah, if that's, if that's the problem in the first half, we're scoring too quick. Then I'll go ahead and I'll take that. Um, but that's not the case. You know, consistently on offense, we have to be able to. Now later in the game, it was in the fourth quarter that was the case. We were scoring very quickly on offense and having big plays. But like I say, we need to do that more consistently. So, um, you know, it's it's not. It, it's just opportunistic times, and it's it's simple to sit here and say, hey, just. You know, connect the dots, put the pieces of the puzzle together, what have you, wherever it may be. It, it, we need to to get that done um, to be able to again contend. And we could all hide from it and say, well, it's okay and it's all just going to work out. But that's not what coaches do, and that's not what competitive players do. They come in and fight, and they want to continually get better. And that's what all three phases should be doing today. And and we will. We'll walk out there at two o'clock on the practice field, and we'll we'll grind to get better and and uh, make good better hopefully and make average uh, good and that's that's our goal as we walk into practice jordan loves this interception to touchdown ratio isn't very good this season you talk about making average look better and all that stuff what needs to happen there well it's, it's the whole crew um Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's three opportuni- oppor- opportunities. Excuse me. In in the uh, really the first two drives of that football game, that uh, if we connect, two of them are touchdowns, um, and we didn't connect, so they're not touchdowns. But they're there. There's another one where we uh, you know clip heels and we're, we're wide open again if, if if things work out. So we get two of the three of those, which those are technically layups really if you will at the end of the day we need to make those plays um there's some drop balls that uh, we have to be able to make there's some protection issues that we have to be able to get cleaned up and then the other thing is we need to get rid of the football you know there's times when we need to get back there we need to get our progressions and that's all of us that's that's uh, the receivers breaking it off so jordan has the confidence to get the ball out to him that's jordan seeing it and ripping the ball jordan sitting back and you know feeling great about hey set hut i got the snap let's go and uh and 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 just you know play looser. I think is another thing that can really help us. So, Jordan is uh, 
he's a great quarterback, and we're looking for him to do great things and, and lead us to a position to be able to win games. And this week we're going to play against an aggressive defense that will give you some things, but you better take advantage of them because it's going to close off very, very quickly as far as the way they, they get after you when you throw the ball and they're an aggressive defense that plays very hard. They showed that every game this year, and they showed it every game last year from what I've seen. So did Scarver wreck everything as he returned his last kickoff now? They're not kicking did anywhere near him. Are they going to kick anywhere near him the rest of the way? He's returned his last kickoff. <laughs> yeah, um, probably not. You know, I mean, he's he's special. But what he does when he gets his hands on the ball back there. But, you know, I mean, there's, there's sometimes when you just uh, – you kick it deep, and you don't think he's going to do it. And people have done that a couple of times, and he brings it out when it's you know five yards deep, four yards deep, uh, maybe sometimes even seven or eight yards deep. So yeah, he makes good decisions, and I think it's important to point out the other kids around him did a tremendous job. You know, the special teams player of the game this week for us is that whole kickoff return unit. Um, and Savon would be the first one to say, yep, let's give it to all those guys. And obviously he's included in that, but uh, there's some great blocks and just a, a great buy-in from those kids to say, hey, if we just, just get on this guy and give him a crease, he's going to hit it for a big-time play, which he did again. So I don't suspect many people will kick to him. Uh, I think there's enough proof now to show that he's, uh, he's special at what he does and he's fun to watch. I know, Gary, this is none of your concern, and you're probably not even thinking about it, but Troy Calhoun of Air Force made a comments a couple of weeks ago about maybe the conference not being a good fit. I mean, they've been a staple in the Mountain West for since day one. Have you heard anything to what he was talking about, alluding to? No, I've never even heard that, actually. He said that after a game? Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I don't, it was kind of crazy. It was after the Fresno game, and I just... I just, I mean, obviously we follow the Mountain West. I was just wondering yep. what what was up with that. Yeah. I maybe I might know. have heard I something. I, I, I think all of us in in uh, Utah that have a past in Utah and the WAC and yeah. now the Mountain West would all say that uh, Air Force is a natural and a great right. fit for our conference. So um, don't really look forward to playing that option stuff. But hey, that it's kind of it's 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 uh, the coach. You look at it and been doing this for a long time and in the very similar conference different names but it's very similar um they're a great they're a great fit in this conference what they bring and you know, our kids are going to go there they haven't been there before it's a great atmosphere to go and and uh you know playing a game and yeah the little things the planes flying over just being there on in the academy and all the things that come with it playing against those guys i think they're a great fit for our conference yeah you know i've been over there many many times and you always felt like you're at some place different when you're on that campus no doubt. I, I agree 100%. Our kids that have been there would, would, would share that, too. And it, it's, uh, you know, I haven't been there for a while, so I'm looking forward to it. And just uh, playing against a really good team who plays the way good Air Force teams do. Is your defense built? I mean, it's always a different kind of test. Is your defense built, you think, to handle this? Well, I, you know, we're going to go in and have the scheme that uh, we play and show them, hopefully show them some different looks that uh, they've seen and haven't seen. Uh, Personnel-wise, you know, I think we've got some opportuni- opportunities to, uh, you know, match up fairly well as far as good against good. And this is the thing about this Air Force offense that is different is there's there's truly weapons in the throw game. I mean, truly weapons that are real weapons. And it shows up every single week. And a quarterback that's made very very good decisions. A couple quarterbacks have made very good decisions and um, within the throw game, within the run game, and then their their wings, their you know option guys, their pitch guys, if you will, in simplest terms, 
are very fast. Um, fullback's big and physical. Offensive line is is uh, much bigger than I remember back in the day. It seems like they used to be, you know, 260, 270, to maybe 280. Um, and uh, they're big boys now that uh, move around and um, – they, they must fly in cargo planes or something because they're big dudes so and they're and they're good athletes so I think that Troy and his staff have done a tremendous job of recruiting on offense defense and special teams and this is this is one of those Air Force teams you look at and say you know they're they're really good in all three phases but this offense is is just clicking which you can see the last couple of games they scored I think um every time they get the ball in the first couple three drives they just crank her down the field and knock out points and away they go so difficult challenge but we'll get them matched up with our best guys on their best guys and see what happens i think one of the hallmarks of a good program is consistency you look what kyle has done for many years at utah and you you know what you're getting it's virtually every game you know and i and i look at like byu the other night and i'm sure you at least cursory you're obviously playing at the same time but you're going to have to play boise later on and and they come up with this phenomenal effort that i don't think i had seen this year even in their victories and it led them to a big upset win how do you go about making sure from a coaching perspective that you have that level of consistency that you need to be successful virtually in every game you know that it is a tremendous tremendous challenge and that's something that you know one of our major goals here is is to do that year after year after year and it's uh, you can sit and talk about it and it, but it's the core of your program um, in my opinion it obviously goes to recruiting and has to do with injuries it goes to all the stuff that comes with it you have to overcome many many different things to be able to be a you know a consistent football team um, and we're looking forward to grinding over the years and um, the year at hand is the most important year obviously for the seniors and the fans and everybody that's involved but consistency is something that you want to be very prideful of as a program Um, and what consistency to us is basically again getting to those words of saying that you're playing meaningful games in the month of November Um, that means you consistently getting to things that matter late in the year does it always mean you win a championship no does it mean you're playing good football it must because you're playing you know games that uh, are high impact games late in the year so uh, that's that's where we want to be that's where we want to continue to work to get into that position and you know if we can get a couple more we'll definitely be in that position to be playing those meaningful games late in November um, how you do that I think it's just you just grind through your core of your program you know you have your ideas your beliefs your thought processes and um, sometimes uh, you know you, you get a fortunate role but I think a lot of those times those fortunate roles come through the hard work and the dedication and you get rewarded for your hard work sometimes so you got rewarded for the hard work Saturday night and you're playing in a conference mm-hmm. where if you're playing meaningful games between Logan and Boise and Laramie and Fort Collins I should throw Colorado Springs in there too you're going to play a lot of bad weather games and they no sometimes mm-hmm. have you know they require a different mentality sometimes they, they, the games just play out differently do you draw a lot on how soundly you beat Nevada going forward or is there a lot of that you know the offense has got to be better and the drives aren't long enough and you really aren't drawing that much much confidence from it well i think you look at i think you look at 
the whole picture. And if you're going to sit back and just run away from what is good or run away from what is bad and not communicate it to your team, then you're not being a real coach. Um, I think you're, you know, you're, you're just, you're sitting there and hoping it'll all work out. So having those discussions of where we need to get better, kids know. Having those discussions where we're playing well, kids know. Um, They absolutely do. And that's like looking at a film and uh, you're not playing hard as a football team and, uh, you know, you don't talk about their effort. You, you have to be able to communicate about those. So this this crew of kids, they're they're not afraid to listen to what um, we believe as coaches is good and bad and indifferent and great. Um, we do it every single week. We do that in our in our champions meeting. We do that when we win. We do that when we lose. Um, we do it after practice. So I think you have to discuss it. You have to look at it and see. But as far as bad weather goes, yeah, we've had a couple games that this last game was not bad weather. When it was bad, bad warming up weather, it was you know bad two hours before the game. But we came out and it was it was cool. Um, but it was uh, some snow on the on the ground, some ice, but it went away and that was good. The, the Colorado State game was very difficult. I think that you know as you match yourself, you are so very correct that bad weather games. As you go through time, you better look at them, be able to exist, offense, defense, and special teams, and play a good team game in that setting. And sometimes that requires you to play a little bit slower on offense. And you know, those are things that you evaluate in the off season. I think if we look back and say, hey, who are we? What are we going to be? How can we best recruit ourselves to, again, get ourselves to be what we talked about just a few minutes ago, which is a consistent program. It's not, you just don't want to be a flash in the pan and be a great team here and then be an average team for two or three years and then come back and be a potentially a great team again. And you want to be consistent. And um, that's what we're trying to get so within that consistency how much can you tap into emotion i think emotion in football is uh built throughout the year game day emotion is overrated um me and i think if you have a team that comes out and you know you always oh well you started slow were you flat were you not excited all that stuff is built before the year um there is no rah-rah speeches there is no you know kumbaya let's go do that i don't i don't believe in any of those things i believe that is done throughout the year and yeah do we tell the kids to let's go do this thing and bond together and enjoy every moment and you only get 12 of these guaranteed and all those things that we talk about those things are important that we talk about but it's not, you know, yell and scream and punch yourself in the face before a game as a coach to get a kid excited to play. That doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make kids play harder. It doesn't make them better. You know, ultimately, your teachers, your coach, you coach with emotion during the week. And I tell our kids all the time, you know, our game day for our coaches is today, tomorrow, and the next day. And then we clean it up on Thursday for a pregame. But that, those are our game days. Our game days as coaches are not Saturday. So if we're sitting there, we're different on Saturday than we are uh, Tuesday. It's because on Tuesday and Wednesday and Monday, those are our game days. We better be right on top of things in that moment and uh, get the kids prepared to go have their game day. So emotion better be carried through every game, all 12 weeks. Um, it's something that you learn in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, and then you execute it in September, October, November. Gary, we appreciate a few minutes, and we'll be watching that Air Force game. That should be a good one. Thanks a lot. It will be. Two very good teams playing. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Go Aggies. Utah State and Air Force, Saturday night, 8-15, when you get a good game so often, PK. Time zones, baby. You're going to get an 8-15 kick. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, that's uh, Utah's uh, the same time, basically. 8 o'clock against Cal. Yep. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Aggie fans, you want to react to that? We can do that next. Cougar fans, it's been, it's been a, minimal, a minimal amount of celebrating, PK. 
Very minimal. Cougar fans? Yeah. They should be flying high, man. They, but they aren't. It makes no sense to me. You're idiots if you're not doing as it. Of, as of 8.48 this morning. If you're not very, hugging right now, something's wrong with you. Very minimal celebrations from the Utes and the Cougars. Moderation. Well, the Utes, yeah, it's just another. I, I said that earlier in the season. The Utes, it's about adding them up. No one is bigger than the other, and it doesn't matter. you got to uh, just okay. check it off. But we spent all last week talking about how they hadn't beaten a team with a winning record. Now, now because of the way the two. schedule. I know, right? They've played, they hadn't even played a team with a winning record when we sat here on Friday. Yeah, but now it means nothing three. Saturday, and it means nothing the following Saturday. For them, there are no big games. I said that in August. There are no big wins. They all count the same. They're... The big wins, no. They will be totaled at the end of the season when you're at that level. Because you're at that level and you deserve to be at that level. BYU's not at that level. ASU's not at that level. That's why you celebrate the individual ones. Utah, there's no celebration because you got to see where you are in November. Then you celebrate. And in December, then you celebrate. And for you, hopefully January 1st in Pasadena, then you celebrate. And in January 1st, if they beat the Big Ten, oh my gosh, Kyle and I... We are going to set that town on fire. DJ and PK, this guy sucks. Next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Romney sneaks under center. He's going to throw it. Man, wide open. It's Bushman. Touchdown. BYU surprising Boise State on the fourth down and short. And they get six points out of it. Fourth and one. Two for 11 on the year. Oh, fake the bobble, throw the pass, get the touchdown, and make the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know that today at 4.50, and you can win fabulous prizes during the big show. As the great philosopher Snoop Dogg once said, This guy sucks. like a sucker punch. It's time to reward the losers in sports with another edition of This Guy Sucks. You suck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, who really sucked this weekend, PK? I've seen guys suck before. Clemson cornerback Andrew Booth threw a punch, had a guy on the ground. This guy sucks. And Dabo Sweeney made him ride the manager's bus home. Wouldn't even let him fly home. 450-mile Oh, One of the freaking managers. Why can't they fly? What do they do? Yeah, really. One of the managers should have been upgraded. You'd think so. Yeah. Hmm. A little blow to the managers, treating them like second-to-last citizens. Get a bigger plane then. You can afford it. That's fact. Rolling in it, all that ACC money. Get that one. They just had a big flame, plane flew all the way to Australia, 19 hours. Is it over the weekend? Friday? Yep, New York to Sydney. Yeah, big old plane. That's the, they're not doing anything. Have them fly back. Andrew Booth, one nominee. Andy Booth? Yep. 
For a pro nominee, Melvin Gordon holding out. I'm the guy. I need to be paid more money. Don't fumble the ball. This guy sucks. Fumble the ball at the one-yard line in the last minute, down by three. One yard for the win. Go! No one play in football determines the winner or loser. He's averaging less than two and a half yards a carry since he came back from his holdout, so that that bet on himself isn't paying off very well right now. He's got half a season to turn that around, impress somebody, because otherwise he's going to have NFL general managers saying, this guy sucks. You think he's going to be out of a job? It'll cost him a lot of money. No, he'll probably land in the league somehow. Uh, You got some people you want to nominate? Yeah, Lane Kiffin. This guy sucks. See, that was inappropriate with the dogs. (laughs) He has sunglasses and the canes. He's still retweeting stuff this morning. I mean, why would he think he can get away with that? Play better. Play better, man. Quit blaming the referees. Play better. Yak, anyone you want to throw into the mix? I was going to go with Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin? Yeah. Because yeah. he, he's, he's continued on. He got $5,000 fine, the public rep, reprimand, but still this morning, he's still retweeting people's takes on that. Yeah, maybe they can find him another five or ten So games. he's never won a game on bad refereeing. He's Apparently only lost not. them. Apparently not. All right, DJ and PK, 9 o'clock hour coming up. Everything you thought about a weekend of victory. Wins, wins, and more wins. Time to celebrate. We'll do that next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.